I think I'm having an art attack. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Art Attack. I'm your host, Justin Bua, artist, and I'm here with extraordinary, knowledgeable Lizzie Dastin. And uh, before we get deep into this episode, uh, I want to plug, I never really plug my own stuff, but Saturday, December 15th, for all of you guys who listen, you guys should definitely come down. If you're in LA, it doesn't matter if you're in LA, you could fly in from... New Jersey, a lot of people flying in from Seattle, Denver, Vegas, and I'm having a show, an art for the people show, so I'm selling my prints, and I'm going to have original drawings and paintings. It is December 15th from 1 to 5 at the Mayfair Hotel, 1256 West 7th Street. The Mayfair Hotel is really beautiful, by the way, and uh, the neighborhood is getting very gentrified, so come on down. You know, we'd love to meet you. Lizzie will probably be there too, right, Lizzie? I will, of course. Okay, I wouldn't miss it. There. Okay, cool. So Lizzie will be there. I'll be there. And if you want to just like say what's up and say that you heard it here, that'd be really cool. Anyway, that's my plug. Today, we're talking about, once again, Ron English. Now, Ron English uh, is a propagandist artist. He's a pop artist. He's a, a funky artist. He's a funky man. He's a good friend of mine. He's been on the show before. And lately, Ron seems to be appearing in, in the news. Uh, seems like he's front and center of the art news everywhere. His, his I don't want to call it a stunt because I don't feel like it's finished yet. You know what I mean? Like, I guess the first part was a stunt. But, I, you know, I don't even know what to call it. This is like art imitating life or life imitating art. Well, tell us what happened first, and then we can get into our analysis. Well... I only know this from reading about it. I didn't even build on it with Ron because when I saw Ron at DesignerCon the other day, like we didn't even talk about it because I feel like everybody's talking to him about it and I don't want to be that guy. So Ron, at an auction, bought a Banksy for $700,000 plus, which was weird, right? So apparently Ron was going to whitewash this Banksy. I mean, Banksy's the king of stunts you know, shredding at Christie's and all the other things that he's done. I mean, he is the stunt king. But Ron then kind of tops it by buying a Banksy and saying that he's going to whitewash it and paint on top of it and then resell it. That's just crazy, especially for Ron. Like it doesn't, it didn't, it didn't really compute for me because it doesn't feel like something that Ron does. Well, I want to get back to why you say that because I agree with you and as someone who knows him personally that I'm really intrigued as to why you would generate that comment. So when Ron bought this piece, it was at a Julian's auction. I was actually there. I, I know. I said, oh yeah, no, I said Christie's. No, I didn't. I, no, said, no. I was talking so, about Banksy. Exactly. Well, Banksy's happened at Sotheby's. Sotheby's the Ron English right. thing happened at Julian's. And Julian's is, just explained to the audience, Julian's is like a second tier auction house, right? Yeah. So Julian's is more of a popular auction space. And this one the warehouse in Beverly Hills, it also has costumes and jewelry. And so I think that it's more of a, a popular, easy way to introduce a, a fine art auction environment. So it isn't quite a Christie's or a Sotheby's, but it is really reputable. It's, and it's a little bit more ghetto. Is that what you're saying? I feel like it's just No, like, I just think it's, it's more it's like for the, the people. It's like the D-League for basketball, ladies and gentlemen. It's but like that's the B-League okay. for basketball. Okay. 
So anyway, no such thing. When when Ron bought or when English bought this piece, he said in the press that people just shoved microphones in his face, automatically asking, why did you do that? Or what are you going to do with this new acquisition? And he said that he was kind of put on the spot. And so immediately he responded that this was as a counterattack subversive measure against the monetization of street art. And so he's going to whitewash it for his friend Banksy because art on the streets, art within this context should not be monetized. Now, that seemingly is a cool gesture because not everybody has the kind of funds to start and to spark such a conversation. But where my criticism comes in is that English also bought other pieces in the sale. So it's not like he went to Julian's just to execute this stunt, this performance. He also bought street art. And so isn't he part of the system that he is then saying he hopes to undermine? Well, I know, you know, the weird thing is like, I always thought that Ron knew Banksy and apparently they've exchanged emails, but he's saying that he's never met Banksy, but you know, who fucking knows? Like really, right? Like you don't know if he's met Banksy or not. And that's the whole, that's the whole gimmick of Banksy that no one's met Banksy, but I definitely know a lot of people that have met Banksy and painted with Banksy. Uh, So I definitely know people that know of the man behind the mask. So the weird thing is like, you got to think about this as a long play. Like, what's the long play here? Well, the long play might be that him and Banksy are working on this shit together, right? And Ron, listen to this right now, is like, oh, that's not the case at all. That's a bunch of bullshit, boy. But who knows? Who knows what the long play is? We're only going to know, I think, by virtue of how well the painting sells. And I hear what you're saying, because it is, the whole thing is weird. Like, I mean, it's cool that Ron collects work, and it's cool that Ron can afford the work, but is it even Ron's money? I mean, this is getting... It's getting weird, which is weird because Ron's so weird, right? Ron, which I love. Like, I love how, how weird Ron is. He really is. And to put himself in the middle of something like this is, I mean, for, and this is an art, you know, an art columnist dream is to start writing about this kind of stuff because yeah. this is the stuff that weirdness is made of. It's true. And it's very layered. And he is a part of a system that then he's going back around and saying he's trying to undermine. And so there's a little bit of hypocrisy there. And the, I don't think that just the sheer act of whitewashing is problematic because that could be a really great gesture. And if he just maybe film the performance so we have it for posterity and then just put it in his house without going back and then selling it because that gets into this question of ethical slippages because then he's going to be financially profiting without giving Banksy any of that money. and then. But why should he give Banksy any of that money? Banksy sold it to Julian's or Julian auctioned it and he made his money. Well, he's the already provenance, made his money. And wait, okay, go ahead. Well, the provenance was that it was taken from a wall in London. I see. So then it's a little bit ethically ambiguous or murky. But let's also clear up the fact, just to make it very transparent, that this is not an original. This is a stencil. So that's different because Banksy still has the original stencil. This is merely a spray paint over the stencil that Banksy still owns. So it's just one of however many of these stencils that he's done. So he's not defacing an original. 
It is an original, though, because this is the only time that this particular image was sprayed on this particular surface. So it is a unique object. So he didn't spray it anywhere else? Well, he might have, but it's going to be different in every environment. Okay, so now you're getting very esoteric, (laughs) which I understand because my artistic brain is going, what the hell is she talking about? But I know what you're talking about, but I would respectfully disagree that this is not the original is still the stencil that Banksy has at his atelier. So do you think that an original photograph is the negative? Yes. And that an original print is the litho stone? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's really the fundamental disagreement. I think that prints in multiples are also fine art objects. Maybe the concept of originality is questioned a little bit, but with the printing of a photograph. You're going to have different tonalities in every iteration. Absolutely. And same with a stencil. You're going to have different spray-offs. Maybe there's going to be more of a drip. Maybe the texture of the actual surface is going to, in some way, alter the appearance of the work. And so in that respect, each one is unique. Sure. And no two snowflakes are alike, and no two graffiti writers are alike either. So that means that it means nothing, actually. But my point, my point is that my point is that I don't really feel it's that big of a deal. I feel like it's a. I don't know if it's an intentional media play. My assumption is that, much like exit through the gift shop, this is an intentional, worked out, orchestrated artistic event that's going to play out in a couple of ways that we don't even know what's going to happen, and Ron's going to make a buttload of cash. That's my that's me projecting. That's that's Justin Bua projecting. This is orchestrated. This is Banksy and Ron coming together to pull the wool over the eyes of the art world cuz that seems to be the new shit to do is to pull the wool over the art world and the art world's like, "Oh shit, I can't believe that happened." But in reality, the art world's still a part of it cuz everybody's profiting in the end. It's just a money play, man. It's just another way to spin it to make that money while seemingly exposing the sinister underbelly of the art world. And so I think that on the surface, it's kind of like a, an act of vandalism or like that Robin Hood mentality. But why? But it's not. because He spent $730,000 on this piece of of shit. It's true. No offense, but the fucking Banksy's like whatever. It's not not a masterpiece. (laughs) We're not talking about a Caravaggio, a Gustave Courbet, you know, a Leonardo, Da Vinci, not DiCaprio because you gave me a DiCaprio look right now. But no, you know what I mean? It's not like... I just smolder naturally. It's not a Jean-Francois Millet. It's not a, it's not, it's not a Francisco de Goya. We're talking about a stencil of a Banksy that he bought for an outrageous amount of money. Everybody listening right now who's a painter knows how hard it is to sell in the 10,000s, let alone the 100,000s. You know, he's going, he's going six figures here and God bless Ron because I respect Ron, you know, and I respect his work and I respect his mind, but man, this is, this is. I, I think this is a stunt, man. I think I think something's going to happen, or if it's not a stunt, it's becoming a stunt because it's already the, it's it's already like Andy Kaufman esque living theater. We know how Ron loves Kaufman, you know. It's it's theater, definitely. And I don't disagree with a Banksy fetching that sum of money because it doesn't really matter how long it took somebody to do. It's about the message. It's about 
the process. It's about the urban environment from which it was found. It's about the process of also taking the work out. The whole story is very multivalent and it connects to different- Multi-what? Valent. Tell me what valent means. I don't know. Well, multivalent just means that there are lots of different angles- through which you can analyze something. Sometimes I got to take Lizzie and take her back. Just <laughs> and then they rewind and be like, let me, I, you will use words that I've never heard before, which is great because I'm learning all the time. So I just want to make sure every, how many of y'all motherfuckers out there knew Valent? Did you? Multivalent. Multivalent. It's not see, just Valent. See, I don't even know. I'm like, man, I'm going to use it in the conversation later. Be like, yeah, that shit is Valent, bro. That's soups Valent. Yo, that was mad Valent. People are like, what are you talking about? I'll be like, yeah, it's, it's just this word no, that then, me, then me the and best, Lizzie use. You say, that's not valent enough. <laughs> can you say that? No, no I don't you, think can so. Can you say that's not multivalent? Just tell me where I can use it after the podcast, and I'm going to start hitting people I will, with we'll that do it. Shit. But you also teach me terms. When you said goat, you say goat a lot, and I no, would just smile and not, nod. This is this, this is like you know 13 year old vernacular. Like I know it, you know I know idioms for like 14 year old like Puerto Ricans from the projects. <laughs> I don't know like multivalent. That's well, a now whole, you do. Yep, now I do. So anyway, to return to that kind of... On return to the multivariance <laughs> of Mr. English's work, we must dissect the integrity of Banksy's initial... Go ahead. Yeah, well, I... <laughs> so because of all of those reasons, I understand why he is fetching such sums at auction. And I also understand the impetus for English to want to challenge how we monetize something that is meant to be free. I get all of that, but where he loses me is when he says that he's going to try to go back around and sell it. And if he was going to give the proceeds to arts education or he is. some... He is, is. He? Yeah, he's going to give... I read in the oh, Times right, the other never day. Mind. No, 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 but, but it's a good point. He's going to give it to, like, slave labor, like, you know, child oh. labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a... It's a whole like I kids at work factory, right, so then- all kinds of crazy shit. I think he's going to do it. Dude, Ron is smart. Ron is not going to make a turn like that and just go into it blindly. He's going to go in there with uh, hawk eyes and really, he, this guy sees the path where he's he's making a play. I'm telling you, it's a long play. He's going to give the money to charity. I think he's going to fetch a lot more money than than we even think he's going to fetch. People, are, the thing is, people, because of, I mean, God, I wish I had done this. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things where it's like, God damn it, I didn't do that. But think about it. He is already getting offers. He's already getting offers across the board. People are calling him up. They want him to, like, have an auction there. They want, they want all these crazy things so that they could be a part of this because they know just the publicity alone is going to be incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And so that just elevates the stunt portion of this experience. And I'm glad that you said that, that he's going to give the money to organizations supporting slave labor, because that was Banksy's initial intent in creating the piece. Not that quite he did. supporting slave labor. You know what I mean? <laughs> the way that sounded was really oh weird. Oh my God. Ron's going right, to well. pay money to make sure that kids work in factories longer hours. That is definitely not what I meant. I just wanted <laughs> to correct that so that the viewers aren't like, did she want us to pull out slave labor? That was terrible. I couldn't believe that she said that. Miss Daston, I heard the re- recording. Thank you for that correction. Yes. No. So I. But he's, but Ron is, Ron is very mindful. And it's funny because Ron is such a, uh, understated, kind of soft-spoken, mm-hmm. cool dude. He's a very typical artist in a way with his funky hats and his crazy, like, wacky, white, curly surfer hair. Um, 
but he's very also in the public eye. You know, like when, I was surprised when we asked him for my show, when I had him on my show, uh, that he was down to do it. Because I was like, I always thought Ron English was like not into being front and center. But I think Ron English is an interesting hybrid of somebody who is very like, you know, front and center, spotlight, but also in the shadows. Mm-hmm. He's cool with both roles. You know, he's the, he's the Mac in the back, but he's also bumping it in the front, you know. And this auction is actually a really great illustration of that because he was a Mac in the back. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. When he bought this other piece of street art and he's not going to whitewash that. He's not going to destroy that. That Which one was that? Do you know? uh, He bought a a sculpture by Indecline of Donald Trump. Of Donald Trump. Yeah, that's right. I think some, I think they did mention that. Maybe. I don't know. I just know that because I saw him purchase it in the room, but then he... He fronts that he bought this Banksy in order to whitewash it, in order to subvert the commercialized aspect of street art. And so why wouldn't you do the same thing with the indecline? So there just is a little bit of inconsistency there. And I feel much better about going back around and selling it if he's going to to give that money to an appropriate cause. But I still do think that there is a little bit of hypocrisy. Yeah, well, you know, Ron is a a very successful guy. Uh, you know, he's very successful. Ron's really, I think, made, and look, I don't know Ron's bank accounts, not like I have access on my phone, but I feel like Ron's done really well in the toy game. I mean, he I know that he, he said it on our show. You know, he'll go to Asia and he'll do these toy, like, designer con in, the, in, in Asia things, and, and he's getting... He's getting paid in the shade, and the kids are coming in there with trucks and just backing up and grabbing all of his stuff and and buying it. And he sells. I mean, he's the biggest independent toy maker in the world, and he's getting paid, you know, a lot of money for his originals. He's getting paid a lot of money to do murals. He's getting paid money to do his his books, his merchandise. I mean, he's connected with a lot of celebrities. He's he's very, you know, he's very well <clears throat> positioned in the art space. And so I think to me, this is just another layer another level, another route for him to go in because he likes to he likes to discover different platforms. This is another platform for him to make money and, and to and to get exposure. And hopefully also make an impact and explore this deregulated art world because I do think that this is a platform that is more open to someone like English than it would be just an average collector with a lot of money who's not also a legendary artist. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens and where people's interests lie. Because if this really opens up, this performance, especially in tandem with Banksy's own process of shredding his work, then maybe this could be an opening up of the art world in a really interesting way. So I think that it has great potential And I'm just excited to see what happens. But this process of erasure and almost an unofficial collaboration with an artist in acquiring a piece that was pre-made and then spending the time to destroy it does have a historical precedent. It does, yeah. Talk yeah, about that. and so it makes me think of Robert Rauschenberg's Erase de Kooning from 1953, which is actually one of the most stunning conceptual performances I have ever read about. And when I saw the work in San Francisco at SF MoMA, I wept, which is so embarrassing because on the surface, it is a crumply piece of blank paper. Mm. But if you know all the process that led to that 
and aesthetic, then hopefully it will make an impact on you too. So basically, when Robert Rauschenberg, who was a transitional figure between the abstract expressionists leading up to the pop artists, when he got on the scene, he was practicing this concept or exploring this concept of a void and not just seeing power in positive images, things that we make, but the opportunity of finding something meaningful in destruction, in the moments of emptiness, in the negative space. So he was making work and then erasing it, but nobody cared because nobody knew Rauschenberg, so it didn't matter if a Rauschenberg was destroyed. So he thought, I have to go to de Kooning, who was the most prominent Abex artist at the time, he and Pollock, but de Kooning was known as a little bit more of an asshole. I think he was a really erratic figure. So Rauschenberg found his address, showed up at his door, and he was kind of hoping that de Kooning wasn't going to answer because what a scary ask. And de Kooning, unfortunately for Rauschenberg, did. And Rauschenberg explained the project and de Kooning got it. And he gave Rauschenberg something, a drawing of his, but he said, I'm going to give you something that's really difficult to destroy. And so he gave this multimedia image using pastels and charcoal and graphite and maybe a little bit of oil. And it was apparently a drawing of two women. And so Rauschenberg spent the next month laboriously devoted to eliminating this image. And when he released it, some people were just so appalled. They said, you have destroyed something that was that was just this national treasure and this is vandalism. And then he uh, he took that feedback in, but he said, right, but it's also an act of devotion because I was looking at this piece nonstop for all these hours a day when I was erasing it. And so there's this duality between honoring and also eliminating. And I just think that it's really subtle and it beautifully illustrates this transitional moment from one art movement to the next. Yeah, and I think historically artists have done that. And certainly in the graffiti game, when you get buffed and you go over it, it's it's a different kind of thing. (laughs) Obviously, it's a little bit more of a hate crime, you know? Uh, But, you know, you're just getting capped as as the expression is. Back in the yards, this guy cap used to just go over everybody. It was called getting, so he became like a verb to cap. So you would get capped like, yo, man, I just got capped. And that means that he just would go over you and cap would notoriously just go over everybody in the ones and twos and the train yards and everywhere. And he was kind of a, he was a straight capping vandal, uh, similar, but I know, I think also like Banksy and Warhol, I don't know if Banksy really went over it, but Banksy definitely altered Warhol uh, and I know historically there's other examples of, of that. Um, so there you have it. I wanted to talk about Ron English today because I think it's very timely. Uh, and, and I'm interested and fascinated to see the end result of where this all goes. Because I think that he could be doing something really amazing. But I also think that I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if it turns out where everybody makes a shit ton of cash. So nothing's yeah. nothing's going to shock me with this one, but it but it is exciting in the art world. Yeah, me too. I agree. I think that it could be really transformative, or it could be gimmicky, or some kind of hybrid of the two. And so TBD. Yes. All right, guys. Peace. Peace.